This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, guys, welcome back. Yeah, another week. I say this every time. I got to come up with a different intro. I just, ah, this is frustrating. All right, this is episode 220. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and I'm with my good buddy, Mr. Madman Sick Mardik. Yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> you doing all right, dude? Is it rough the best of you? What's going on? Are you hanging? Yeah. I heard about you hanging. Tell us about you hanging. I need to hear this. I'm going to start the podcast right off with it, dude. Tell oh, me the story. Right after it today. Yeah, huh? we have to, man. I, I think it's important. Uh, I Well, I was just doing a gear review on the Latitude Linesman Rope to oh, make was, sure it worked properly. Did it work properly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened? Did you like miss miss? I fell to a fucking tree, is what I did. Ah, uh, oh, shit. Um, yeah. Would you just just foot placement or? No, I mean I'll I'll tell you all the factors. Like they might sound like excuses, but they're they're one hundred percent legit. So um, and I feel like a retard even telling this, but it's true. So the <clears throat> first place I screwed up was uh. I was at the wrong tree. <laughs> okay. I missed my tree by 37 yards. Wow. So what, what had happened was I had, um, I had found this tree. Oh, I don't know exactly when we'll, we'll call it like maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. I had, I had moved a, um, I had moved a cell camera to like the interior of bedding for the rut. And I, there's like a, like an exit trail coming out of bedding. Yeah. And I found this like perfect trail to hang the sad or trail perfect tree to hang the saddle in on this exit trail coming out of bedding and i put a couple cat eyes on it um i pinned it on my phone and got out of there so when was this monday monday i decided i was going to go to that tree had a good wind for it everything was right so i'm heading up the hill to where this tree is i see i see the two cat eyes i'm at my tree so i start setting up well it was the wrong fucking tree. And what happened was last year I had, um, I was hunting out of a lock on. I had, um, I can't hunt Sundays on this piece of property. I had hung my lock on in the tree on a Sunday afternoon in the rain to come back and hunt it Monday morning. Well, I put two cat eyes on the trees to find it the next morning. Uh... Well, I found those cat eyes this Monday. And like I said, I'm only 37 yards off. 37 yards off in the dark. I, I didn't realize. It. So anyway, so I'm in the wrong tree. That that's that was my first mistake. The second thing that happened was 
I had uh it was really cold that morning, so I had busted out the the uh heat boost bibs. Mm-hmm. So I put those on at the base of the tree. Not that they're bulky, but they're bulkier, right? Like they're the bulkiest of the Huntworth that I have. So now I'm climbing in those. And then uh what was the other factor there? Oh, my boots. I wore a different pair of boots that morning. I decided to try uh loggers, my Chippewa loggers <laughs> with the big heel. And my thought when they hear me out, I'm rocking the uh the X-wing right from latitude. Love the platform, it's awesome. So my thought was if I had a bigger heel on my boots, I could I could lock into that uh those wings with the, mm-hmm. with my heels, right? So whatever, whatever. Those are all my excuses. So anyways, I start climbing. Well, the tree that I'm climbing is a double trunk. So I'm climbing up the backside of the tree because that's where I want my sticks. And there's a branch, I don't know, maybe about 10 feet up. A little branch, maybe like inch diameter. And and I knew it was going to be a problem. Like I knew I had to get past this branch. No big deal. When I get to it, I'll just push it out of the way, clear the branch, and continue my climb. So I start my climb, hang my first two sticks from the ground. I'm getting up. So now I'm on my second stick. I'm hanging my third stick. And um, my backpack gets fetched up on that branch. And I'm stuck on it, right? So I, like, kind of turned around to push the branch back away from me to, like, get it off my backpack. And the branch snaps. And I went from my third stick to my first stick in about – 0.2 0.2 seconds. It shotguns you down there. Just like a flash, bro. And I'm like, how it happens? Horizontal. Uh, thank God I'm rocking the latitude carbon sticks because don't get me wrong, they fucked me up. Like, you should see my shin. I have like a big knot on my shin, but I could not imagine if they were the metal sticks because they probably would have impaled me. Uh, Cut me up. So, uh, yeah, so I'm laying there horizontal on top of my first stick. I'm like, God damn it, Jesus Christ. Like, are you kidding me right now? Um, then I got up, finished my climb on my platform and hunted the rest of the morning. Like, I was fine. Like, uh, It was scary. I can't believe I fell out of a tree. Never in a million years thought that would happen. But it can happen. Dude. And that's. And that's why I use a linesman rope, that's right? Why like, you wear a safety because it could have been a whole different yeah. ball game, bro. It was crazy and, because you texted me that morning. I was in the tree stand too, and you texted me, and you're like, "Bro, what a bad morning!" And it, you know, you always like have in the back of your mind, like, and I'm like, "Why? What's a bad? What? What?" I said, "Dude, it's still dark out. What? Do you, how could you have a bad morning?" You're like, I fell out of the tree, and I'm thinking, like, I got to get out of the tree, and I got to go, like, you know, I'm trying to, like, piece all the things. In. I'm like, oh, no, it's not good. And it's it's funny, but it's not funny. Is like, you fell out of the tree that morning. The night before, I almost ripped my pinky off. Oh, I forgot about that. Trying to load totes in the back of the truck. So I went to bring all my gear down because all my stuff's in totes, and I have, you know, my hunting gear, my backpack, my everything in one thing. One of the totes slipped. Dude, and it straight filleted my whole entire finger. I thought it broke my finger. I ended up going to ER the next day. My whole finger was black and blue. I'm like, geez, I just and I had to climb. I had to climb with a freaking splint on my finger the next. Day. Oh, I was miserable. But anyway, yeah. What the crazy sucks. thing is, man, is like, dude, I'm on vacation. I'm hunting every day right now. Mm-hmm. All right, 
I am hanging and banging on every hunt. There's only been one hunt in the last two weeks that I went to a legit preset. Sticks and platforms already set up. I didn't have to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm packing in sticks and platform every single morning in the dark, hanging. Um, sometimes I'm doing all day sits, not always. Um, a couple times I've actually tore down. Or a couple times I've actually left my stick and platform in, came out for like a quick lunch, went back to the same tree. But a lot of times I'm tearing down midday, packing out, packing back in and hanging again in the afternoon. And then I'm tearing down again at the end of the day. So I'm, you're looking at, you know, setting up and tearing down at least once, if not twice a day for the last two weeks. I'm pretty fucking dialed in with my system right now. Right. Like mm-hmm. the latitude sticks are phenomenal. The hands down the best sticks i've ever owned in my life Mm -hmm. um same thing with my platform my set like i am in love with every single piece of gear that i'm running right now and i am fucking dialed in like no headlamp no nothing i can get in and get up a tree effortlessly and i still fell out of a fucking tree so it just like goes to show you like you know i gave you a laundry list of excuses right the boots the bibs the wrong tree whatever whatever but not to mention i'm hunting every day i'm tired lack of sleep lack mm-hmm. of food you get displacement like you got to pay attention man because shit can happen it, it's almost like one of those things like the more you do it you might pay attention less right you, you take it for granted so you got to pay attention every, every day you got to be careful because i'm lucky I can laugh about it. I finished my, I saw a shit ton of deer that day. I saw one of my shooter bucks that afternoon. Like I had a great hunt, but I, I almost didn't come out of the fucking woods. It's it's, we talk about it all the time, man. The safety, 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 safety. Yeah. Put, put the linesman on, it, connect yourself when you're going to climb, you know, like you always. have to use this stuff. This is, it could have been a different scenario, man. Like it, yeah. it totally could have. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we wear what we wear. And, and yeah. you know, also with climbing up all the time, you have your system down. You then tend not saying that you were, but people get complacent and thinking yeah. and not having that fear of messing up because you're just so into the well, routine. It, you and, know what it's like? It's like the guy that always gets in a chainsaw accident. Who's that? It's the guy that runs a chainsaw every, every day, day of his life. The guy, mm-hmm. the homeowners don't do it because they're super careful because they're not comfortable with the chainsaw, right? But the guy that does it every day is the guy that stops paying attention. It's the same thing. Because you lose the fear with, of it. Right. Um, and another thing that I, I think is worth bringing up is, you know, everybody should make sure that somebody, one, you should have somebody that's able to see your location of your phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it be a hunting buddy or... I don't or... even think Steve knows, but he can see the my location on Snapchat. Right. No, well, that's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, like, somebody should always be able to see your location on your phone, whether it be a hunting buddy or a loved one or whatever. And that person, like, should probably check in with those per- that person, like, um, every hunt, right? Like, let them know when you're in the tree safely and when you're on the ground safely because, you know, if you don't check in... Uh, they could start to worry. At least they know where you are. Make sure you can trust the person too. Like you don't want somebody you can't trust knowing where you're hunting. You know. Well, that's the other thing. You gotta always make sure of that because that's that's the number one most important thing. There it is. Steve, but, uh, 
Do you have a killer's corner? Oh fuck! I am not prepared. Yeah, there's some out there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm a mess right now, man. I'm sick as a dog. Um, hunting too hard. Hunting really hard. All right, listen. I'll go through the sponsors. You get your killer's corner ready. You ready? Okay. All right. First off, let's go with our title sponsor, Huntworth, HuntworthGear.com. Guys, listen, I cannot stress it enough. The last day is today, Friday. I promise you, the 17th is the last day for the flash sale. And then it goes into the Black Friday sale. But right now, you can get a Matherhorn top and bottom for $279. The bottoms what? are the bottoms are originally 249. You can get the tops and bottoms right now on sale Dude. for 279. Have you have you worn your Matterhorn yet? Yeah, I have. I I've only worn them one morning. Coincidentally, it was the morning I fell out of the tree, but that has nothing to do with it. They're they're freaking awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, like, that's what I'm trying to say and they they these things are rated up to negative 20. So make sure to use the promo code HUNT 30CY on that one. So you can use that. That's a special promo code, and it's on sale right now on the flash sale. So that's not going to last for much longer. But those are probably the best bibs, hands down, and they're rated for yeah. up to negative 10. Warmth wise. And the jacket, too, is awesome. Forget it. Forget it. Um, Latitude, Latitude Outdoors. Make sure you use promo code on that one, Outdoor Drive. That'll save you 20% on anything across the board and in the store. Um, mm. You can get the Carbon Sticks, which are now in stock, the Rebel, Dude. the X-Wing, you name it. They, It's it's all in stock back and shipping. If you buy it by 2 p.m., it'll ship the next day. Check how, it out. How do you like the sticks? Oh, I love them. It's a, I've had them for a while. I love my it, sticks. It, yeah. They're gonna be hard to beat, I think. They're definitely, uh, definitely a good thing. And, uh, and they're they're pretty soft landing, just in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. I don't think they, you know, factored that in when they designed them, but just you know, they hit the nail on the head when it comes good, to soft good landing. Good design. Good design. <laughs> uh, Nor'easter Game Calls. NorEasterGameCalls.com. Make sure to get on over there. Mark actually just made more grunt tubes, so they should be up on the website in the next couple of days. But I did hear the low that there is more because we actually sold out so also that and bowhunters united bowhuntersunited.com the advocates for bow hunting and all of us it is a free website that you can get on to it's bowhuntersunited.com so make sure to get on over there and sign up and while you're at it make sure you hit the notification subscribe button on youtube for us and also on any platform make sure to give us a five-star review you got it? Killer's Corner? I'm ready. All right, let's Kinda. go. Rip it up. Alexandra Fagan, still killing it on the trap line. Pregnant, she's bro. A, pregnant. She's a, she's a pregnant killer. Uh, Cody Troutman with a Kansas stud named Stickers. I don't, I don't even know how many points it is, dude. It's like 15-pointer. It's a beautiful buck. Yeah. Um, Kenny Coslett with a 190-pound eight-pointer from North Maine Woods and Chris Pittman with a nice Connecticut eight pointer. Some great bucks. Some good deer dying. Make sure to get on over right. to our Facebook page, The Outdoor Drive, um, and post it up on there so that you can be recognized here in the Killer's Corner every single week on The Outdoor Drive podcast. Well, man. I want to be in the Killer's Corner soon. I know. Me too. I got my fingers getting a little itchy. Mm. I'm seeing a lot of 
I'm seeing a lot of deer, man. I'm passing a lot of deer. Like I'm having Same. a blast. I'm grinding. I'm having fun. But God damn it, wears you out. It kills Where you, bro. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that I'm having a little bit of a breakup, but the whole passing of big deer or, or you know, decent deer to look for that one shooter, it wears on you, dude. And then you get to that point where it's just time. I right, listen, dude, the loud bow's coming out, dude. I'm shooting with a gun yeah. tomorrow. I don't care, bro. I was thinking about uh, you know, I was thinking about taking the shotgun on public and just smashing a spike buck just to, to, just like the old days, you know what I mean? That's I, I love it, dude. I sighted in the muzzleloader, I sighted in the gun. I was looking at the dates and I'm like, "All right, bro, I got a couple more days till, you know, till the season's over here. You know, you got until December 5th. Let's go, bro. I'm public and then and then it goes from I didn't realize that muzzleloader season goes from December 5th to December 19th on public. So it's a very yeah, short period. Cool. And, and private goes to the 31st. So the yeah, 30th, it's crazy. 30th. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited, you know dude. Drives, you know what drives me nuts and doesn't make any sense to me with Connecticut? What's that? Why you can't bow hunt during shotgun season. Yeah, it's always been court. a debate and always been something it's that so, I've always been felt it, very But you can about. use a muzzleloader. You can use a lesser weapon. Yeah. But a bow apparently is not a lesser weapon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so you can use the lesser weapon. I just, you know what I want to be able to do? I just want to be able to hunt with my bow during shotgun season so then I can use my bow tags. Right. I can't even do that. Yeah, well, what if you're you're like a hardcore bow hunter? You're you're chasing a target buck on public, and then shotgun season opens. Now you got to take out a shotgun. I did this. This happened to me a couple years ago. I was chasing a big buck, and then I was like, no, I only want to shoot him with the bow, and then he ended up getting shot with a gun. It's just it's stupid. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to shoot him with a shotgun. That's what I I sighted in the muzzler, and I shot in the shotgun, and I'm I'm just going to shoot him with the muzzleloader on public if I can, or chase him on public with a muzzleloader during shotgun season because it's just frustrating, dude. It's like you want to be able to do it, so. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I, so I've been bow hunting straight through. Um, I I even bow hunted opening day of rifle season. Oh, um, on private. Yeah. yeah, it's on private. Um, which is crazy, right? Because to me, opening day of rifle season is opening day. Like opening September fifteenth is not opening day in my opinion. Like the national holiday is opening day of rifle season, and I like an idiot. I kept grinding with the bow, and uh. Dude, like I said, I'm just I'm I'm getting worn out. I'm hunting hard. I'm sick. Got I got the COVID. Not really, but it just sounds funny. Um, but anyways, so my dad's got one of those Savage two twenties, the mm. the twenty gauge bolt action, and um, he, he don't my dad don't hunt public, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna hold on to this <laughs> for a little while, right? So tonight, or you know, I bow hunted this morning. And uh, it, it was real warm, warm today, right? So it's got up to like 65 midday, so I'm not going to hunt all day. So I came out, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the shotgun. I'm going to take a little walk on public. Switch it up, right? Change the scenery. Change the mindset. Forget all the bullshit. Leave, leave the sticks and platform and saddle. You know, just mm-hmm. me. My I thought about movement. doing the same exact thing this afternoon. I got to yeah, work just, early. Just change it up, right? So I'm like, you know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go to the spot where I killed my first deer. Now, this isn't my first deer I ever killed. Like, I, I killed a handful of deer, like, with my dad, right? Like, on the same stand as my dad and my dad right next to me. And then I killed some deer where I went with my dad. 
he was in one stand, I was in another stand. But this particular spot is the first place where I like drove myself to the hunting grounds, got out of the truck, went into the woods, shot a deer all by myself. Like, I don't need you, dad. Like, I can go kill my own deer until I killed it. Then I called my dad for help because then I still needed him, right? But, uh, yeah, so I was going to go there tonight. I had this plan. I was going to go up here. I was going to sit on this ledge, and I was just going to chill out and relax and just have a nice peaceful night. So I'm walking up there, and, you know, I'm using the terrain for my access, and I'm coming up the backside of the cliff, and I find, I find a scrape. I'm like, all right, cool. It's open. So I keep working my way over and I find another scrape. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, this is sweet. And like, dude, I'm in the mindset. Like, I'm on public land with the shotgun. Like, I'm fucking waxing whatever comes by with horns. I don't give a fuck what it is, right? So I, I just crest the top to where I plan on sitting. And there's this dude sitting there in an orange vest 30 yards from me. Has no clue I'm behind him. Mm-hmm. No clue. So I'm like, fuck, are you kidding me? Like, of all places, someone's sitting in my spot. That's public, right? So I turned around, walked away, and just kind of found somewhere else to hang out till dark. But I needed it, dude. I needed to change the scenery. Mm. I needed to look, look, you know. That's what the morning's for, boys. Let's go. Yeah. And then uh, up. tomorrow morning, I'm really changing it up. I am. I'm going to help my old man tomorrow. Yeah. Um. You know, it's something where. We talk about it a lot, right? Like you get so caught up in the season and target bucks and this, that, and the other thing. And you like kind of forget what it's all about sometimes, right? No? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I didn't hunt opening day or rifle season like I always do. So I told my dad tomorrow morning, I'm going to go with him. I'm not even bringing a gun. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to um, sit in the same stand with dad. Like I'm 12 again and uh, I'm just going to film him and, Hopefully he shoots the first thing that walks by and we have some fun, you know? That's what it's all about, doesn't, dude. Doesn't get any better than that. No, it really doesn't, dude. That's that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so well, dude, let's uh let's break it off. Let's get some Jansen on, dude. I want to hear this story about this uh potential state record. Yeah, let's go gunning. Let's go gunning. Rip it. Outdoor Drive Podcast. In three, two, one. All right, we're back on the phone with Jansen Clifton. What's up, man? What's up, my buddy? I didn't ruin your name. No, you got it. Perfect. First time. First time in 220 episodes, and I got it right. I'm doing something good tonight. (laughs) Let's go, boys. Let's go. Oh, man. I just, I'm excited, dude. I just want to say on the record, congratulations, Jansen, dude. I think this is, before we get into it, everyone's seen the cover art and they know why they're all here. But, like, I personally want to congratulate you on an amazing achievement and one that we all, you know, we all, that's our life dream, dude, is is something that you just captivated this season. Thank you, man. I mean, it's truly been a, just a gift from, god the universe whoever it's just uh it's 
it's pretty crazy. It's like I feel like I won the lottery, basically. It was it was funny. We were texting before the podcast today, and you know we were going back and forth, and you were saying how it was like surreal and stuff, and and I was like, when I was thinking about it, talking to you, and you're like, I couldn't believe that it happened. And I'm like, well, it's just like winning the lottery. Like that's how he's got to feel like when this happens, something like this. I mean, this is this is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly, truly is. Um, uh, you know, I've been I've been hunting for 17 years, and I have never seen anything like this. I've seen a couple of, of nice bucks, but nothing like this. Um, but we can get into that. Yeah. Well, we why don't we do that, man? Let's turn the key. Let's get this underway. We'll put this thing right in four-wheel drive. Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do? All right. Um, well, I'm from Haynes, Alaska. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, if you, <laughs> it, it takes like a lifetime to get there, pretty much. Um and I moved from Haines uh, down to Seattle, Washington, uh, when I was like nine years old, and then moved to, to Seabrook, New Hampshire, in 1998. Um, why? Well, my mother met some guy. It was before like the internet and all that stuff, social media. It was called AOL America Online, and um, my mother, my, my mother met this guy that lived in Seabrook and we were in Washington and he flew over to uh, Seattle. They fell in love and the rest is history. That's And um, yeah, I've been living in uh, Seabrook, New Hampshire since 1998. And I've been uh, paving uh, commercially and, and industrially uh, for about 25 years now. Wow. So when you lived in Alaska, did you do a lot of hunting? Like where did your career in hunting and, and the outdoors like really kick off? Cause Seattle, Washington, probably there's not much hunting there, right? Yeah, no. Um, hunting was always around me growing up as a kid. Um, all my family members did it. I never did it when I was uh, living in Alaska. I did a lot of fishing like every day mm -hmm. I was fishing. Um, but hunting was always around me and, um, I didn't really get interested in hunting until I was like 20 years old and I didn't have anybody to bring me or, you know, any like mentors or anything like that. So I, you know, I didn't care really. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to get my hunting license and I'm going hunting. I don't know anything, but I'm heading into the woods and I'm going to go and try and get a deer. So I got my, um, went and took the hunter safety course and Actually, before that, before I even got my hunter safety course, I was going in the woods illegally and like not knowing a damn thing. Like literally me and my friend, probably like 19, 20 years old, are sitting in this piece of woods that we probably don't even know if you're allowed to hunt in. We didn't <laughs> And we're literally sitting on this like trail, like just off the trail. He's on one side of the trail. I'm on the other side of the trail. Head to toe in camo with these rusty hand-me-down bows that probably don't even, I'm sure that don't even shoot straight. Um, and we're sitting there, you know, we're sitting there being real quiet. And, and we all of a sudden we catch movement at the corner of my eye. And here comes this jogger running up the trail. And I'm just thinking, if he sees us, this guy is going to freaking freak out. Like, cause we're probably in a spot where we're not supposed to be hunting. And like, you know, just these random kids sitting on the ground with bow and arrows. We're going to scare the shit out of them. Luckily, he never saw us. And um, but, yeah, that's pretty much where I started hunting. And um, 
I just, I just fell in love with it and, um, you know, shot my first deer with a bow, uh, few, few years later and, um, just, just been loving it ever since pretty much. So you were virtually just self-taught at that point, like just learning the ways of the ropes your own way. Yeah, just making, making a lot of mistakes is yeah. basically how I've been doing it. And I've been pretty successful, um, since then I, I kill at least three or four deer every year. Most I ever killed in one, one season was six. Wow. Yeah. Just doing it the good old boy way as a young kid, just going out there, you know, we all started with squirrels and rabbits and shooting the neighborhood birds and whatever the else, you know, might be there yeah. for us to kill, you know, like, Oh yeah. I've killed everything with my bow. I've killed <laughs> pheasants, turkeys, deer, rabbits, squirrels, uh, woodchucks, uh, foxes, you name it. Everything but the bald eagle, right? Yeah, <laughs> my cousin did in Alaska. Oh, he got arrested oh, for that. Oh, come oh, on. Like, yeah, he, went, he did some jail time for that. No know. way. Yeah, yeah, he did. I think he did like a year in jail and paid like, it was like a $2,000 fine or something. Maybe we, even more, actually. We always talk about that on the fishing boat and guys would be like, oh, that's those are bald eagles. Those are amazing. Da, da, da. And I go, yeah, they, they, take, they taste just like chicken and they go real good with Budweiser, I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does it get any better than that? Like, <laughs> well, they're like seagulls in in Haines. You know, they're everywhere. Yeah, so, probably got when the the eagle probably stole his bait and he got pissed and you know shot it with his forty five sidearm. Probably. You know, what is he a fisherman there? Yeah. 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 He's a commercial fisherman. Yeah. Those commercial guys. Those are they're 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 uh, they're a special Different breed. breed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a commercial fisherman by trade. <laughs> oh, that explains it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get it and understand it. I could tell you a million and one stories that probably would incriminate me uh, if if they were recorded online. So, <laughs> just, yeah. I know a couple guys in Massachusetts. I know you're kind. <laughs> There's a couple guys in Massachusetts. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> in Massachusetts, those guys they don't like the seals up there, so they run the boat up and down the beaches to try and run over the seals because the seals are such a problem up there. Like it's just yeah. nuts. But that's their livelihood, man. That's how they make a living. That's how you know. So they they act that way and do those things for a reason because they have to, you know, because that's the difference of a paycheck in their pocket and not, you know, like it's the way that right. it goes. Well, man, let's get right into this because I, I want to hear the story on how you killed the, the Clifton buck and, and where it all started. Like, start from the morning and and kind of take us through it. Like, you know, waking up, opening day, you know, the I mean, obviously there's some type of camaraderie going on with this whole thing. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Geez, I almost didn't go. <laughs> really? <laughs> I almost didn't go hunting. Yeah. Well, I started, uh, what was it? October 28th, I started watching a movie. Like I was just because I've seen every freaking movie on the planet and um, I started scrolling. Well, apparently I haven't, but I started scrolling through, you know, the movies on Amazon Prime and I found one, a Denzel Washington movie called The Little Things. And um, it was like a, he's like a homicide detective. And um, I love those kind of movies. And, um, you know, he's going to solve a murder and whatnot. So uh, I started watching it and it was really good. And. I ended up falling asleep. <laughs> I know it was that good. I ended up falling asleep. No, but I was super tired. So I just fell asleep and I woke up the next morning. I had no plans on going hunting in the morning. I knew all my buddies were, but 
I was like, nah, you know, you know, they really, they really didn't, I guess they just expected me to be there, but um, I really didn't have any plans to go. So, you know, I woke up in the morning and I got my coffee going and I was just relaxing. I'm like, yeah, we'll finish that movie now. So it's like 6.30 in the morning and I'm watching my movie, having my coffee. And my buddy Nate calls me and he's like, uh, you going gunning? And I said, uh, uh, well, I really didn't plan on it. Let me, all right, tell you what, let me finish my movie and um, I'll give you guys a call in like, I don't know, 30 minutes or whatever. Whenever when I'm done, I'll see where you guys are at. I'll meet up with you. He's like, it's, I, I just heard crickets for like a minute. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay. Like, I can hear him thinking, <laughs> you're gonna watch a fucking movie instead of going gunning? What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and uh, so I hang up, whatnot, and um, I see how long the movie's got left. So I see it's got like an hour and a half, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just gonna go hunting, whatever. So I meet up with the guys, and there was a, just a just a couple of us. There was um, Nate, Rylan, uh, my buddy Justin, Tim, and Nate's son, uh, Luke. And so I'm like, so we make a quick game plan, and uh, there's a piece like literally like two minutes away that we're like, all right, we'll hit that piece, and then we'll go hit this piece, and we'll go hit that piece. So we had a couple of pieces that we had a nice game plan going. So we're like, all right let's go and uh we head over and i've only been to this piece one other time and because all my buddies hunt it like they're they love that spot so I, I never go in there it's super small too um and uh so i had been in there one time before and this this old buck he's like jansen stand right here so i'm like all right i'll stand right here and uh i'm sitting there and I, I set my gun like five feet away from me. Stupid idea, by the way. <laughs> On a tree, leaning up against the tree. And, um, you know, sure as shit, here comes a doe. Right out quick, too. But she was sneaking. She was sneaking out. She wasn't like, she was definitely sneaking out. And there we are, locked, locked face, locked eyes together. And I'm looking at her and I'm looking at my gun. I'm looking at her, looking at my gun. And I'm like... All right, somebody's got to make a move here. So I reached for my gun and boom, she's gone. Out of here. Missed, a, missed an opportunity. So um, so when I went there the other day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit in the same spot that I did the last time I was here. I saw a doe and whatever. So I'm sitting there and I see about 15, 20 minutes goes by. And I see Nate coming through. And um, I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, the drive's over. We're going to go on to the next spot. And then like a minute later, I catch movement to my left. Same, same spot that I saw the doe come out last time too. And I just saw for a split second antlers and I, I knew it was a buck. So I just instantly put up and it was ready. And uh, I would, I didn't. And then as soon as I saw it, he come out just, just like this coming out like this. I saw everything too. the drop tines. He actually had crap hanging off all of his antlers. Like there was vines and sticks and leaves and all kinds of crap junk hanging off of his antlers. But I didn't get excited. Really. I didn't, I didn't get nervous. I didn't start shaking nothing. I was like, 
focus on was just shooting this deer and getting a good shot on him because, you know, you have to, you've got to. And um, I just let him get as close as possible. He was coming right to me and he stopped like probably 15 or 20 yards, probably probably 15 yards. And cause he saw me, he saw me straight up and he just hit the brakes with both of his front shoulders. He just locked it up. And uh, by I had already had the crosshairs on his chest when he had locked it up. And right there, I squeezed the trigger and he stumbled a little bit like his, his like chin almost hit the ground, but he kept his, you know, kept on his feet and he just ran right into the swamp that was right in front of me. It wasn't a super thick swamp, um, but I lost sight of him, you know, almost instantly. And uh, um, so and then I started shaking uncontrollably, like, 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 holy shit, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what just happened? And, uh, and then I was like beside myself. Well, first thing I did was reload because a couple of years ago I shot a big deer and it was, it would have been my first wall wall hanger. And I shot the deer, the deer dropped. I walked up on it. The thing was right there, dead laying there, not moving at all, not moving. I'm like looking to the sky saying, thank you, Lord, like almost crying almost. And, um, and then all of a sudden the deer just starts, you know, gives him like, he's got life in him. And I'm, I'm like, holy shit, maybe I should reload. And I start, <laughs> I start reloading. And then his front shoulders didn't work at all. And he just, well, long story short, he got away and we had fishing game. That deer bled 30 gallons of blood out of them ran. I don't know how long we had fishing games, state police, dogs, everybody looking for that deer. We never found it. Oh shit. Yeah. So, uh, so I immediately reloaded after I shot the Clifton buck and, uh, um, but then he, so he ran into the swamp and I didn't hear him anymore, but I wasn't going to celebrate not after what happened to me that day. And my friends come out and they're like, you know, I was like beside myself. I'm like down on one knee, hand on my head, like, and I can hear them talking. They're like, oh boy, he looks discouraged. He looks discouraged. He probably missed one. And so they finally get up to me and I'm they're like, Jansen, what, what the fuck happened? What happened? What happened? So I'm like, you guys, like I either just, I either just hit or I just killed the biggest buck in my life. And they're like, no way. And they're like, you know, they got all fired up. And uh, I'm like, all right, just just slow down, you guys, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> You're and, telling uh, them to slow down. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you guys, just slow down. They're like, Ugh. he's like, all right, Jansen, where were you standing? Where was that deer standing? I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I'm going over to the spot I was standing, and Nate, he's already running down to like general area where I told him the deer was. He's like, Jansen. We got blood everywhere down here. You you fucking numbed him, buddy. He, he is dead. He is dead in a doornail. I guarantee it. And uh, so I'm like, all right, all right. Well, just 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 take it easy. Take it easy. You know, just just let's just. They don't slow. know the caliber of the deer at this point, really. They just know no. that it's a big deer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I actually have the video of us um, walking up on the deer. Um, it's pretty crazy. And uh, but so. We're, we're on this blood trail and he's, he's leaking pretty good. And, uh, there he was not 40 yards piled up right there. It was insane. Absolutely insane. 
what what went through your mind as you started to walk up on this deer? Obviously, there's no ground shrinkage at this point, and and what what was the things and the emotions that were just kind of going through your mind? I know there's a ton of people around, and they're kind of taking some of it, but there has to be, has to be some type of internal you know feeling to what is going on at this point. It's just I don't. It's just unreal, really. I mean, you know, you somebody who's you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the tree stand, like deer hunting while I'm watching deer hunting, like on my phone, like I'm eating deer, dreaming about deer, friggin' thinking about deer when I'm at work, you know, just constantly thinking about deer. So, um, but I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, I'm not a trophy hunter, you know, I've always wanted to kill a big deer, um, you know, with huge antlers and whatnot. Um, but it's just, it's just, it was just insane. It's just, it's just like winning the lottery pretty much. It's like winning, you know, uh, the mega bucks or something, as far as I'm concerned. Mega that was bucks. the mega bucks. Like yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> so did anybody in your party know about this deer Were there trail camera pictures of this deer? Had anyone seen this deer before? Did, did you guys know this deer was in the area or was this a rando? It was just a rando. Um, nobody in my party knew about the deer. No, nobody in the next parties over have ever seen the deer. Um, but I did get a um, message from a guy on Messenger. He's like, "Hey, I got, I got, I've been watching this deer for three years. Um, I got here's the videos and pictures of him over the past three years." And uh, he was just, just wanted to know where he was shot, and and that's pretty much it and he was like wow man congratulations and he was super pumped for me has anybody else come forth with sheds or anything else of this buck because of i mean this is a deer of a serious caliber that potentially would have left some type of droppings behind it uh no um before he was uh before he turned into a freak uh, i don't know if it was last year or the year before he was a a really nice 10-pointer um, just a beautiful, uh, typical, um, 10 pointer. And then, I don't know, he must've been, I think, you know what I think he did? I think he went to the nuke plant and started drinking water out of the puddles over there. And then he started growing weird formations all, all over the place. Have you had you, an uh, age done on him to know how old he is or? Yeah. Um, the biologist said he was, he was at, at least six years old, five and a half to six. Wow. Yeah. So do you know how far far away that gentleman was that was thought he was hunting that deer? Uh, yeah, he was he was pretty close. I uh, within a two to three miles. Yeah, wow. yeah. Actually, actually, this is pretty crazy. But the deer that I lost, um, said that. So the guy said that he's been um, watching him on Brown Road. That's exactly where I shot that deer a, a couple of years ago. And the butcher, um, he's which my he's also my friend, said that he had three holes in him. So it could possibly be the same deer that I shot a couple of years ago. Dude, could you imagine? Come on. That's why he blew up. You put you put that lead in him and he got lead lead poisoning yeah. and so- turned into a free. So it was That's the year wild, be- but... the year before that you shot the big buck and lost it. Yeah. So yeah, it was two years ago. Two years Bruh. ago. That's yeah. wild. Bruh. 
And does yeah. he? What was the placement on those those holes? Were they anywhere near where you think you hit him? Same exact spot. Where no I way. Yeah. yeah. No Dude, way. You know what I've been thinking this whole time, this whole story from the start? It's one of those, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You Absolutely. know what I mean? From you not almost not going to just everything that's happened. It's just like it's in the cards. Like you had no control over it. It was going to happen. Universe had a plan, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, that's crazy that potentially this could have been a deer that you've already shot, been after, chased, lost, and then he then appeared again, but in a miraculous way. Like you, and especially not being like, quote unquote, a trophy hunter and wanting a wall hanger buck. Like he was there. You lost him. You've been through this roller coaster ride. You were on the down slope. And then here comes the Clifton buck and you end up shooting him and come to find out it potentially could be the same buck that you shot that was going to be the first wall hanger. And he was like, hold on, hold my beer. I'm about to do something crazy for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's just, it's just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So, so as you walk up on this buck, like what is going through your mind? And as you grab a hold of him, like what happened? Like what, I mean, obviously did you realize how big he actually was? Like, where did it all happen? Because I know that, and anybody in us being, you know, these hunters and camaraderie and deer drives and this, that, and the other thing, the fun has just begun. Yeah. Oh, I knew he was a giant right, right away. I knew he was a freaking super special deer. And, um, but again, I, I didn't let any of my emotions get a hold of me. You know, I shot him and he, and he got any, and he passed, passed away real quick, you know, and, but when I got up on him, I couldn't do anything but laugh, to be honest with you. I couldn't do anything but laugh. <laughs> it was just so stupid. It was retarded. <laughs> and all my friends are like, Jansen. And he goes, oh, my fucking Jansen. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. We were just, we were cracked. You know, we couldn't, uh, we stayed there for probably, I don't know, a half an hour, 45 minutes before I even gutted him. And we were just in awe, you know, taking pictures. And luckily we didn't have to drag him far because he was fucking heavy. Was he? What did he dress yeah. out as? 210. Wow. Yeah. How much How much of that is bone weight, though? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, his head weighs 100 pounds. No shit, right? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What did he end up scoring at? Well, uh, my buddy Justin, as you know, yeah, um, team member Justin, JB, team member, team member Justin, um, uh, scored him up there at the butchers that night, and uh, he said he was being, um, uh, you know, lenient or liberal, you know, liberal. He was being liberal with it, real liberal. He said. Um, you know, just to, you know, not get my hopes up or whatever. Yeah. And, he, and he got 188.5. Wow. So. And what um, is, what is the, the standing muzzleloader state record at this point? The standing muzzleloader record right now is um, uh, 182.6. Wow. So it's so, going to be six inches difference. Yeah, I'm excited to see what um, – I think I got Roscoe. I'm going to have Roscoe Blaisdell do it, do the scoring. Is he part of the Northeast Big Buck Club, or is he 
Uh, yeah, it's right here. I actually have it right here. The New Hampshire Trophy Deer Program. Oh. Uh, official measurer uh, for Boone and Crockett Club, Pope and Young, New Hampshire Antler and Skull Trophy Club. Oh. Um, yeah. Cool. That's so awesome, dude. Yeah. Crazy. Did you ever think that you would ever have a deer registered in a book like something like that? Like, it, it's always been like a dream of all of ours, right? But like, did you think yeah well i never even i never even dreamed it because i didn't think it would ever be a reality so i never even never even crossed my mind like yeah like i don't even i don't even care you know my name's never in a book i'm never gonna shoot a a giant so you know it's not even on my not even in the back of my mind ever just i just go deer hunting and just back straps that's it let's go you just want to kill deer back straps and beers baby that's it (laughs) just a certified killer just want to kill everything it doesn't matter put meat in the freezer fill it just put meat. that's all i care about is those sweet sweet meat that's it sweet tacos whatever you want to make meatballs what i treat venison exactly the same way i would beef right exactly like doesn't matter what you want to make like if you can make it with beef we can make it with deer no problem was the clifton buck tasty Yes, he's super tasty. He didn't smell, you know, like you you would think these these giant bucks, you know, they smell all, you know, nasty and musty and, you know, their glands on their on their legs. I didn't smell nothing, nothing. He didn't smell any different than a newborn, a a yearling. He really, he really didn't. He wasn't Um, rotted up. Yeah. And I was super happy that the because I shot him in the chest that it didn't hit his guts. I don't, I don't know how that was, that happened, but it, it, luckily it didn't hit any of his guts and he was gutted beautifully. Um, he was, um, dressed beautifully. Um, then he was taken right to the butcher. So, uh, everything was done perfect. And let me tell you his fillets. The trophy lines, trophy lines, baby. <laughs> Yes. I always laugh when you, you hear people, you know, the whole um, saying how, you know, big buck meat isn't as good and the little ones taste better. I think anyone that says that has never shot a big buck before, because when I go to the freezer and I pull out that meat and I know it came off a big buck, it tastes pretty fucking sweet to me, baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, or, you know, if people say that they, you know, had a had bad experiences with with deer meat is because it was all in the way it was, it was killed and the way it was processed, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody, and I'm guilty of that myself when I was younger and butchering my own deer, you know, I didn't know my ass from my elbow. So, you know, I was, you know, touching the glands on the, on the legs and then touching the meat. And I'm going, why does this meat taste like shit? You know, like, well, because you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you just learn from you. And that's what that's what it is, is people, you know, you know, or they were shot in the guts and there's, you know, entrails of the guts all over the meat and the inside. It wasn't rinsed out, you know, well, it's just all of those factors play into, um, you know, what it's going to be good table fare. So right. I, I, I got one question, Jansen. So now that you've shot on unofficially shot the new muzzleloader state record are you going to hunt any differently absolutely not (laughs) no 
You're not no, going to trophy hunt or nothing like this. It's, it's oh hell no. I, if I didn't have to be here with you guys tonight, I would have been going to try and film my last doe tag. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm I'm pretty content at the moment. I'm pretty content. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Do you do you already have envisions of mounting your deer and where you're gonna put it and how you're gonna mount it and all that good stuff? Or oh yeah, yeah. I went to the the best guy that that you know. I hear I hear nothing but good things about him. As far as I know, he's probably the best in New Hampshire. Um, it's Reverend Taxidermy mm-hmm. uh, out of Hop, Hopkinton, New Hampshire. His name is Joe. He does amazing work. He's won a lot of awards. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I got the, I got the most expensive mount because why not? This deer yeah. is a deer of a lifetime. So, you know, I don't care. Um, One thing that you see a lot of guys doing, and I don't know if it's even in your thought mind or even education of it but one of the things a lot of people and a lot of guys do do with with it is get replications of Mm. their deer um as far as like getting 3d image replications of of your buck um as kind of like an insurance policy um because a lot of guys that like with you know like bringing it to shows or bringing it places or whatever the case may be and i mean this is potentially the state record you know what i'm saying so like they're going to ask mm-hmm. you to bring it to shows and go places and do things and a lot of guys they don't even really use their real antlers a lot of the times on some of these bucks because like if a if something is to happen with uh, a fire or whatever right steve i mean yeah that's a huge thing that a lot of guys do with big bucks I think isn't the guy we talked to in Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. I believe they can do a 3D imagery and just save it as a file. Correct. And if you ever wanted to duplicate it down the road, you could go that route mm-hmm. too. Like you don't actually have to duplicate it. You can like electronically duplicate it. Yeah. A lot of guys do that with big bucks. So that they have like a second set or a lot of guys too. Another thing that I've seen done too, a good friend of ours, Kurt, his father, uh, shot this buck called they call it the Geyer buck. It's it's an absolute giant out of Illinois. Um, he actually had a euro made out of it, a three D euro of it. So it was actually a skull mount of the same exact buck. So that one of your friends came over, whatever, he just handed him the that euro of the same exact buck. They color it the same, everything. I mean it's it virtually looks exactly the same. It's kinda cool actually when it comes to big bucks. I honestly didn't even know that they did that. Mm-hmm. It's the first I've ever heard of it. It's kind of cool, right? I mean, yeah, no, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, it just reminded me of I don't know why, but another thing is I don't even own a single trail camera, not <laughs> one single trail camera. Are you gonna get I, a trail camera now? I don't think so. Probably not. No, I change. I, I'm thinking about this whole story, and I, I'm changing up my whole strategy here. I am no longer a trophy hunter. I'm throwing away all my trail camera pictures and. What was the name of that movie again? The Little Things. I'm watching it tonight. <laughs> was it good? It was really good. You should uh, watch it. Did really you enough? Like, the real question is, did you finish it? Because you left early to go hunting. So when did you finish The Little Things? You know, I I 
I haven't even really finished it yet since this whole thing. You know why? Because you were watching the little things and some big things happen. So (laughs) I think it's just amazing how like how just like humble and just like chill, relaxed, just deer hunter, like just it couldn't happen to a better person, honestly, in my mind, like just it's super cool and surreal because like there's so many people out there that like have this like confidence and cockiness that they're going to shoot this giant buck and they go their whole lives and they do this and then they shoot a big buck and like oh yeah it's cool wow hands in the air but like someone like yourself that just enjoys it for the real reasons and goes out there and has fun and doing deer drives and hanging with the boys and drinking beers like oh yeah man life bro that's that's the best dude that is the best that's like That's what I look forward to, you know, like just the other day, uh, last weekend we were on a deer drive and, um, my buddy, my buddy Bucky, um, shot a, shot a, a doe and, um, he was literally, it was probably like, I don't know, 10 in the morning. And so I'm like, well, all right, guys, we can go back and start drinking beer now, <laughs> drinking beer and talking about deer. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it. It was awesome. Do they do they make you now be the bird dog now that uh now that you shot the big buck or they they treat you differently now that you shoot the big buck on the drive? No, actually, no. I'm willingly being the bird dog. Nobody asked me to do anything. I'm willingly doing it because, you know, I feel like I owe it to the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they pushed out the biggest deer of my life to me. So, yeah. And I- just the other day, actually, uh, I was bird dogging for him. Literally first piece i go in just literally 15 feet off the road jump a huge buck giant buck giant buck another one right in front of my face i could have smoked him smoked him but i don't i don't have a buck tag so oh so you're just you're just doe hunting at this point yeah yeah i have one m tag left and that's it so all done do you did you what did you do so did you get like the golden horseshoe that like now you're like attracted to these <laughs> giant bucks to like I don't know. I think the universe is like, you know, that kid's been working his ass off for like 17 years. You know, I think maybe we should just make him the buck magnet now. Just make him I hope. I hope. <laughs> but now now you're just giving it back to the group and hopefully did they end up shooting the buck that you you threw up to him or no, no. Uh, you know, I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, you know, my buddy Bucky, mm-hmm. uh, cause he's a, he's a shitty, shitty kid himself. He gets lucky. <laughs> he, he's killed a couple of really nice bucks. Um, so what they call him Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's Bucky. He's definitely Bucky. And, uh, so he's killed a, a couple of nice, really nice deer. And he actually he's running right to Bucky. I said, Bucky, Big buck in front of you right now. Fucking, he just stood there. I was watching the buck, just stood there, and then I yelled again, "Bucky, big buck, big buck!" And then he started running again. But I think he he went across the train tracks and out of everybody's life. So now, my question with oh, go ahead, Steve. I was just gonna go ahead ask your question. I'll get back. I'll get to my. So point my question that. is: When you go to set up on a piece, are you doing something like is is wind a variable in it? Are you setting up on certain ways? Or are you boys just getting in the woods and getting after it? No, um, I mean, if it was up to me, I would have the sitters sitting downwind of uh, where we're driving, just so they have a better opportunity. But for the most part, we just. We just head in and 
get them going pretty much. Full send, baby. Just, Just old send. school, full send. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's cool, man, because it doesn't really get talked about as much as it should, right? I, I think the hunting industry has gotten so much into trail cameras and mobile tree stand setups and yep. scent and Bozana and all the bullshit. Right. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Oh, all that bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. But, but deer drives are so overlooked in today's society. And it is the pastime of deer hunting. Like mm-hmm. every one of us and probably most of the listeners, like that's, we grew up. That's what we, we did. Like every one of us has memories of driving deer as kids. And like, I know for me, I didn't know it at the time, but I learned so much as a kid bird dogging for my dad. You know, I don't know if this was legal at the time, but like I wasn't even old enough to hunt. And my dad would be like, you know, go up there, you know, you're going to find a wall, take a left, follow that. And I'll be right here waiting for you when you come back. And I didn't know it at the time. Right. But I was I was basically exploring (laughs) deer bedding areas, right? Like I'm finding deer beds and tracks and this and that. And I I didn't know what I was doing, but I was pushing deer out of there. And then now, like as I evolved, now now I'm a big archery hunter, right? And I'm hunting, I'm hunting those bedding areas with my bow, but I was gaining knowledge as a little boy running through those bedding areas, you know? And, And I just, I don't think deer drives is talked about as much as it should be because it's a huge part of deer hunting mm-hmm. uh, especially here in new england i think uh, um it's 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 really popular um and it's 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 just a great time you know you get together with all your friends and you know you talk stories and you know you get out there and get exercise and even even if you don't kill a deer you know you're still having a good time everybody still has a good time um uh shit i forgot what i was gonna say but we go ahead we do a ton of it where like when we were you know growing up and stuff deer drives was the way of the world i mean they do it a ton in the west too iowa they do a ton of it ohio these big buck states i mean deer driving party hunting is huge out there huge they do a ton of it but it's not talked about because you're not in a deer stand on some green green grass clover grass hunting big white tails like it's not talked about like for us in new england we do a ton of it like it was Mm -hmm. my way of life and my heritage growing up was like driving deer like we that's all we did the boys growing up after that like out of high school and in college that's all we did was drive deer. The first three days, four days of deer season was going and and driving deer. I mean, that's what we all did. Then we would all go and sit after that and chase our bucks and do whatever we wanted to do. But, like, shooting oh. deer and dragging deer. I mean, I remember going into deer drive, shooting four or five deer and spending half the afternoon trying to get them out of the swamp on, on carts and the carts breaking and putting them in canoes and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. But there's those memories of us as kids, oh, yeah. man. Like, <clears throat> you know? And well- the guy that gets too drunk the night before opening day and we drag him out in the woods and you got to make him sit there and then you fill his tag for him, all kinds. Of, yeah, it's great. It's awesome, well, dude. That's life. Ar- archery hunting is a lonely sport. It's a one-man sport and you're out there by yourself grinding and you're all alone and, and, and there's parts of that that's great, right? But there's nothing like getting with the boys and hooting and hollering and forgetting about all the bullshit and just – yeah having fun you know yeah um i just want to jump back over to um when you were talking about how 
feel like hunting is is a little different now like with all like you know the trophy hunters and the trail cameras and the you know um sent away stuff you know all the all the all the accessories that they're trying to sell you for for hunting and all that stuff none of that stuff matters at all i don't use any of that crap literally the doe that i just shot the other day i smell like an asphalt plant like literally i have run in the woods with tar all over my boots a freaking uh work vest on probably still got my hard hat on um <laughs> And actually, it's a funny story. I found this this tree stand like, like I don't know, 16, 15 years ago. And um, and I've never sat in it. I've always known it's there. It's got like, you know, briars and shit growing out of it everywhere. And I went there the other day and the wind wasn't exactly perfect. But I was like, you know what? My best spot is probably that old tree stand. And freaking sure shit, I get up in that tree stand and not just at the magic hour, here comes two beautiful does coming right to me. I'm like, money. (laughs) (laughs) And I shot the first one. She dropped and I was going to shoot the other one, but she, it was getting too dark and I didn't get a shot. So, but yeah, just, just crazy. So none of that stuff you really need. You don't need trail cameras. You don't need, you know, all that scent lock and all that crap. You just need to play the wind. That's it. Just play the wind and you'll kill a deer all day. For those of you listening, you don't need to buy all that crap. <laughs> Look at me. I shot the state record in New Hampshire. You know, I have none of it. That's right. I was hung over too. My was- name is Jancy Clifton and I proved this message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. True story. I think it's just so awesome, bro. I, I really do. And so what happened? What was the celebration like after? I bet you didn't sleep for three days, dude. Just hanging out, drinking beers with the boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we tied one on that night for sure. Um, and it's it's really it's been a it's been a party for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm still celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my truck got left there at my buddy's house for a day or two, and I went and picked it up a couple of days. And <laughs> yeah, it was a good night. Uh, it's unreal, man. It's crazy. So, Still do you can't... have the antlers at home and everything like that? And no, I'm waiting uh, for the guy. Um, he's he actually shot a deer in uh, Ohio yep. and a really nice buck and. Um, uh, he's gonna he's gonna pick it up, I imagine, like within a day or two from the butcher, and he's gonna bring my antlers with it, all all cleaned and everything, mm-hmm. um, so that uh, once the sixty days is up, then I can bring him to the uh, New Hampshire official measurer. That's awesome, man! But I can't wait to get him home. I can't wait to put my hands on him and stare at him, pretty much all day <laughs> you will too and you'll bring him everywhere he'll ride around in the truck and goes oh, everybody i got his hoof in my freezer right now look <laughs> <laughs> the hoof in the freezer yeah, dude. Boy. i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie i got a hoof in my freezer too that whole home. night dude i just held on to this hoof all night long fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations 
and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Let me see them toes. To the bottoms. What has he got? He's got the white, the white on the hoof. Yeah, he's got like nice little white socks on. Look at that. Did you sleep with it? Look, he got a coat too. He would have been an easy one to track in the snow, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What are you gonna do with that? You're gonna make it into something cool? I don't know. Thinking about it, not sure. I might just keep it in my freezer forever. Clifton Buckfoot. This is the last fifty years sure down the wor- down the road. They're gonna be like, whatever happened to the Clifton Buckfoot? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, Jansen. You better make sure you get a replica made of that. Yeah, foot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna sell it on eBay. Start, you know, taking bids. Highest bidder. You know, it's, it's fake ones out there. This isn't real. This is a this is a fake foot. So this is crazy, right? So it, we're having this conversation about the foot and the, the missing, this, that, and the other thing. So a lot of the times, a lot of these trophy bucks that get shot in other states or whatever, like Ohio or whatever, and then become record record deer, people come forth with the antlers, and then the antlers end up be going into certain people's memorabilia and stuff like that and they're like oh my god the the clifton buck antler i had it in 2019 like this is it and it's worth x amount of dollars and blah 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 blah. that's what they're gonna try and do with that foot like that foot's gonna be in someone's memorabilia (laughs) box and they're gonna be like this is off of the clifton buck (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> Raff, raffling it off at Whitetails Unlimited. Exactly, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I was actually thinking about that. Like, like it should like like one day when I die, you know, it should like go to like I don't know where it should go. I'm probably not gonna have any kids, to be honest with you. So, um, I'd be sick if it would go to like a Cabela's or something or someplace cool like that. Nor like. I, that would be something that I would like Northeast big buck club would be one of yeah. the cool places that would take it and bring it to all the shows that they do. That would be a cool one because it is a Northeast buck or something like that. Like there's a ton of them that, you know, like, you know, like the Northeast is not like a big, like a quote unquote big buck place, but like, like Iowa, like Iowa deer classic, they have a hall of fame. And they like there's a lot of dudes that are there that are who's the dude from um uh Whitetail's uh Whitetail Adrenaline, um the one that is his father got him all the exotic pets and all that stuff. Do you know who I'm talking oh, about? Tan Tanner Tanner Tanner. So Tanner brings his grandfather's buck back to Iowa every single year to the Iowa Deer Classic to be in the Hall of Fame. Because they have, like, oh. Hall of Fames and stuff. So, like, they do have it. And Northeast Big Buck Club also has a Hall of Fame, too. So, it could yeah. be cool to bring it to be part do, of that. Do you have any – do you know what your turnaround time is with the taxidermist? Um, everybody's telling me, like, six to seven months. It's not That's even not bad. Um, That's not bad. I, I would definitely – I mean, it's completely up to you, but I would think about maybe bringing it to, like, the Springfield Sportsman Show if you mm-hmm. wanted to. I know – uh uh what's his name there chris alberini yeah he, i think he brought his last year and it wasn't even mounted yet it was on display there though oh no shit yeah they do all kinds of great stuff man like that. 
Now, now you're like, now, now you're like, oh, what do I? Do? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so cool. You're, you can have your own booth at Springfield, just sign an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Hey, I remember. This is a funny story. Speaking of that, I remember when Milo Hansen shot the buck back in the early '90s. He was doing the tour. You know, he, this was this is world record. Hansen buck. I, I remember that. And I remember. I don't know. It was still was, world I think record. It was, when was that, Trev? 91, 93? Yeah, 90, 93 was, was the Hansen. So buck. I was five seven years old i met milo hansen and got his autograph and you know good wow. luck in your future hunting and all that stuff i had this like little quarter with the milo hansen buck on it i mean i thought it was awesome it never helped oh, you man, at all so did cool. it oh you know that's my secret i keep, I take that quarter with me every time i go in the woods <laughs> now, I need, now i need a clifton buck quarter it's so cool uh, to see that stuff though the you know the the guys that do it and i love the fact that you named it the clifton buck you know, like, cause there's always those deer and like, they name them different things. What, what is the reason why you named it that? Well, actually I didn't come up with the Clifton buck. Um, good friend of mine, uh, Tommy Cod, Thomas Knight. He actually got the, um, New Hampshire state record Lake trout. Um, and he's like, a, we're like besties and, uh, he's, he's older than me. He's like 63. Uh, but he's like the Clifton buck. That's the Clifton Buck, and I was like, "Wow, that sounds good. I like it. I was like the Clifton Buck. That's pretty sweet. That's what it is. All right, I love it. I think it's awesome. That's what they yeah, do, yeah. though. That's I mean, yeah. that's that's really what they do is they, they name it after after the Most last name. Them, yeah. hmm. The Hanson Buck, the about, Brunswick uh, the Buck, the, the Jordan Buck, the Jordan, the Jordan Buck. Buck. I think the only one I can think of off the top of my head that's not a last name is the Hole in the Horn Buck, right? I mean. The hole in the horn buck, and then um, the Zeus buck, which is um, the which was the Illinois new state record, the one with like the oh, you ever the seen them with you, the ten yeah. drop tines or flyers kickers off it? They call it Zeus. Um, no, Mufasa. Mufasa is actually the name of it, not Zeus. Mufasa. Um, You've heard of the Rapala buck, right? Oh, Rapala yeah. buck. Oh, I've seen it. Well, yeah. Oh, you've I've seen, seen it? it. Got lost in a fire. No, they have a replica of it, and they brought it because oh. yeah. They brought it to the classic. They brought some dude. They have uh, the butcher buck. Uh, that was another one that was there. Um, they actually did a documentary on that buck actually because he got so much gripe about that buck. Um, What's you guys' favorite buck though? I, I like the mystery of the Rapala buck. Yeah, I like the hole it's in the horn. Wild buck. story. The hole, huh? hole in the horn. Hole in the horn buck's pretty cool. I've always been partial to the handsome buck only because I'd seen it and met him. I already mm-hmm. told you that, but I think yeah. my new favorite now is the Clifton buck, though. I think oh, definitely. Oh. <laughs> You're very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jansen, I got one last question for you, man, and that is what drives you outdoors? What drives me outdoors? Um, just to be honest with you, just just the, you know, the thrill of the hunt, the thrill of the hunt, the, um, excitement, the, the not knowing, um, and just to be able to put some good, some good eats, some good steak on my plate is like basically it, you know, just, that's pretty much it. Just being outside, being outdoors, you know, being in the tree stand, you know, you got your, you got your, your set up there and it's just like, perfect you get the sun coming down and everything's just it's just great you know it's that's what drives me outdoors pretty much see that's just 
I think it's so cool the fact that you're just like so humbled and you're just like, yeah, put a steak on my plate. Like you don't care. <laughs> like the real bro, like that was like us at like 16 where we're just like, I love it, man. I just want to kill everything. Like you, I <laughs> wish I was still like, I think I, I envy you for being like that, man. Like just not sucked up in the bullshit, not sucked up in the craziness. Just want to hunt to hunt, man. And like yeah, some Fred Eichler shit. Like I said, like all my friends own like 30 trail cameras and they got them all over the place and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're spending thousands of dollars on scent locked suits and bags to put their shit in and all this stuff. And it's just like, dude, you don't need to do all that. Just freaking just go in the woods and, and hunt, man. You don't need to do all that crap. Just just hunt. Let's hunt, baby. You know, it's kind of crazy because like myself, like always still sucked up in the fact of like killing big deer, like always chasing a trophy deer or whatever. But sometimes there's always like, there's always this just like crazy key that gets turned sometimes. And like Mm -hmm. a good big doe comes by or a two year old walks by and I'm just like, I'm going to let the air out of that thing. And then I let the air out of it. <laughs> like, I just have to. Like, it's just that urge, man. Like, I don't care. Like, I yeah, everybody wants to shoot a big buck every year. But, like, dude, sometimes I just want to let the air out of something. I really do. I just want to kill things, man. I just love <laughs> to kill things. I'm sorry. Like, I know it's morbid and fucked up. But, like, I just want to kill things, man. I just I just do. Like, I love well, eating it. I love. Ah. To, to, be, to be honest with you, um. I actually had a, a hard time this year for some reason. I don't know whether it's I'm getting old or what, but I felt super bad for every deer that, I, except for the big buck. I didn't get that with the big buck, but hey, fuck I felt, him. I, yeah, I felt <laughs> super bad for all the deer that I killed this year for some reason. I don't know why. Like, like I had to look away a couple of times, call me a pussy or whatever, but I don't know. I just, I felt bad. They died pretty fast, really fast. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just felt fucking bad for them. Like, I don't know why. But I don't feel bad when I'm eating them and they're on my plate. And so, but you, yeah. You know, you, you, you bring up a good topic, actually. You know, you really honestly do. Because there's a point. All right. So, so there's a point where you have to feel that way. Because they still are an animal and you're taking a life, right? You have yeah, to respect them. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing is the respect. You have to have a respect for that animal. Like, so, so in, you know, in the summer months, I'm a commercial fisherman. In the winter months, I'm, I'm a butcher. I work at a slaughterhouse. I do every year, different ones, whatever. And you're taking a life from an animal and there's, you have to have the separation of what that animal is and what that animal is going to become, right? Where mm-hmm. I know it's kind of crazy, but like you do, you have to have that mindset that that's food. It's either them or you, you know what I'm saying? But you have to have mm. a respect for it in that same aspect where like it is a living animal. It's one of God's creatures. It was put here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to to procreate. And fill the freezer. I mean, like, that's just the way it is. That's how you survive. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you, but you still haven't earned a respect for it. Like, I feel bad about every animal that I take the life of because I'm taking the life of something. But mm-hmm. you still have to understand in your mind that, like, bro, loins are loins. Like, loins are loins. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Do yeah. you agree, Steve? I see the smoke coming out of your ear here, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I do agree. I, I think uh, throughout the 20 years. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the years in history, we've kind of lost concept of, it. at the end of the day, it's food, right? And in today's day and age, n- nobody needs to hunt to survive, right? We, mm-hmm. we don't. We have food at our disposal. You go to the grocery store, you buy whatever the fuck you want, right? Like nobody has to kill a deer to survive. But there was a time where killing an animal was the only means of survival, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things, right? And we lose touch with that. But at the end of the day, like that's that's the primal instinct that we all feel right so like when we get buck fever when you when you see that buck coming or even a doe right like some people get the shakes when they see a doe coming right and you get this excitement well a hundred years ago that feeling that nervousness was like don't fuck this up because if i don't fuck this up my family doesn't fucking eat tonight you know what i mean and that's why we still feel that but we don't realize it's in our dna i I agree with you there. And like what you were saying is like, we do have food at our disposal, but like us going out into the wilderness and taking pheasants, turkeys and woodchucks and deer and whatever else, like we want to eat a certain type of way, a certain type of food. We want to eat what is more natural, what is better for our diet. Like the shit nowadays. And I see it all the time, man. Like you want to talk about food, like, the stuff in the stores today is pumped full of water. They allow it up to have 20% water pumped into it. So it's literally water. And there's other artificial things that they put in it. So like us naturally being the primal person that we are and taking the animals that we're taking, we're taking those animals because we are feeding our bodies with more natural good food. You know? Yeah. Dude, I... I have not, I had not eaten, eaten hamburger, store-bought hamburger in probably, I don't know, 10 years, say. Mm-hmm. I watched my mom cook some store-bought hamburger the other day. It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, it doesn't even look like real, it's like got diet and shit. Like, it, it doesn't even look the same when you cook it. It's gross. Oh, 100%. It has, it, they put shit in it to make it look, you know, to make it look like red like that. To make mm-hmm. it, right. to keep that color for longer so it keep looks it fresh. fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, nothing like venison's not red like that. You know, it's oh, brown. Yeah, it's, um, it's you know dark, dark, dark red. You know, it's not right. purple. Like that. Right, but to back to touch on what Chev just said, what what I meant with was in relation to what you said is I I feel that yes, it's for you know healthy organic food with no hormones and all that stuff, but I still think that we as hunters are fulfilling like a void to go out like as hunter and gatherers right like Mm -hmm. you're fulfilling a satisfaction inside of you that like you were born to do whether Uh, you whether you need that food to survive or not like it's in you and it has to come out and the only way to like feel that is to go out there and do it oh yeah i mean i've had this feeling inside of me ever since i was a young kid that i i need to go hunt like i need to go hunt yeah. Even before I started hunting, I always wanted to hunt. And, right. and finally, you know, once I got of age, I just took action, you know. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, dude, we're still fucking cavemen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can have an iPhone and all the fancy shit you want. At the end of the day, it's just 
cavemen. Go get fucking meat and bring it home and put it over the fire. You know, that's all that matters. And that's what my wife will exactly what she'll tell you. I'm nothing but a caveman. That's right. <laughs> Just are. red meat. A farting, stinking caveman. Yeah, but it's <laughs> lipstick on a pig. It, it's <laughs> it's so true. And like, look at it. This is the other thing. Is we talk about, we don't really get to talk about none of this. So it's kind of actually kind of cool. But like, so as far as like food goes, to put food on the table and these things that we do, like and 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 going out and killing deer and whatever else to put food on the table, we do that for a reason because. We, we as people want to do that like like you're saying like it's even the exploring aspect of it and being in the woods and you know checking nature out and forging different things and like that was all things that not too long ago that's how fucking people survived us in our young age where like you know in the poverty stage of our lives or whatever the case may be or whatever wherever we came from like we did that stuff all the time it was normal to do that stuff man and it's crazy to see where food is now going because there's so many people that come into like the slaughterhouse all the time to buy beef and they buy it by the piece right and they'll come in and they'll be like dude i was just at stop and shop or i was at price choppers or whatever and their meat looks disgusting like i can't even eat it and then they'll come down and they'll buy usda meat and they're like wow it's good meat again you know and throughout covid people are all like where am i gonna get meat and guys like us are like fuck it close all the meat spots down dude the freezer's full bub we got them don't worry about it and they're all like hey trev can i come over and have a steak no bro you didn't want anything to do with my lifestyle until the shit hits the fan right i mean like i don't know yeah and there's there's no better feeling in the world for me to go out and shoot a deer and prepare this beautiful meal for my wife, my stepdaughter, and just the looks on their faces when they take a bite of that, you know, Mm -hmm. that filet that looks like it came out of a five-star restaurant. And, you know, when I see the smiles on their faces, it's just, there's no better feeling in the world than that for me. I agree, man. Well, (laughs) Jansen is do normally at the end we we tell we tell everybody or ask everybody if you want to tell them where they could find you but I don't know if you want to be found um like Instagram or something to follow along with if you're officially yeah I mean they, they can follow me on on Instagram it's fine just type in Jansen Clifton well <laughs> simple a simple, simple man. <laughs> simple oh, man. absolutely. Simple man, dude. Sound like my wife. Yeah, <laughs> I like, love it. You are so simple, yeah. right? Doesn't it doesn't take much to make me happy. I has have you have you had the chance to like have people started to reach out to you to try and like write articles or anything like that or to kind of fill in with what's going on or are they kind of waiting for the official measurement? Uh no, um uh just uh, the U.S. Fishing Game reached out to me. Um, a gentleman named Doug Hewitt, super nice guy, did a story on me in the in the magazine, I guess. And uh, Field and Stream reached out, which I was super pumped about. Like Field and Stream magazine, I grew up looking at that magazine my whole entire life. You know, mm-hmm. I'd go in Walmart when I was a kid and go right to the magazine section. That was the first magazine I would grab was the field and stream magazine. And, and now they're calling me up wanting to, wanting to do a story on me. And 
I was just, I was blown away, blown that's, away. That's awesome. I, I'm actually a little upset that they're not, they don't do the magazine anymore. They don't? It's all online? No. It's all online now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to get that magazine. I know. We're, we're over here trying to be cavemen. Now we got to go on the computer to read, yeah. read, read the article. I wanted to get that magazine, like, yeah. freaking put up in a, in a, yeah, on the wall in like a case. But maybe there's some way they could print one out or something. That would be cool. You just made me think of another question, though. So uh, after so a lot of people don't go out in the woods prepared to do what you did. Right. Like it's just a normal day hunting and, and surprise. You know, here you are. Um, is there any extra steps that need to be taken after you shoot an animal like that? for legality reasons like do does do the game wardens want to show up and like do the checks and balances to to like double check to make sure everything was legal with a potential record or is this process just like any other deer you've shot uh no i mean uh they didn't they didn't um they didn't call me up or actually i'm friends well i'm not friends but uh, i'm acquaintances with one of the fishing game um in my area and if I ever have questions or anything, um, then I call him up and ask him. He, he actually texted me and congratulated me. Yep. Um, and I was prepared to to take fishing game if they had any questions or concerns or anything right to where I shot him and right, right. right to where everything went down. Um, because that was all like in my mind, you know, like, right. is, was everything legal here first off? You know, yeah. is everything? Which it was. Everything's legal, which we, we always abide by the rules. Sure. Always. Uh, um, but but yeah, that was still running through my mind. And um, but yeah, nobody nobody reached out to me, which I would be well, I would have been happy to bring them to where it all went down. There, there was a buck that was shot here um, in Connecticut that um, the the kid actually wrote a book. Um, the, the buck I, I wish I never shot. Um, because there was so much controversy about him poaching and shooting it on property he wasn't supposed to be on and all this crazy stuff. And it was one of those big bucks. And you hear those stories and those one-offs where a lot of negativity comes from it and whatever else. And I, I, and, and honestly, Jansen, I, you know, I am so thankful that that didn't happen to you because like the type of dude that you are, man, like you don't have to deal with that bullshit. Like it's, it's nice. I can imagine. There was some haters. There was some haters. They were, they were saying that we, you know, were poached it and we were creeping through people's backyards and uh, you know, all this crap, but it was, you know, null and void. Where are you going with that, buddy? Like, yeah. I'm going to bring you to where I shot him. Like, come on. You know, I didn't say anything to him, but it was funny. You just it enjoy the ride, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, Jansen, thanks for jumping on, dude. Once again, yes. congratulations on an amazing buck. We cannot wait to hear the end of the story. Hopefully, he's at one of the shows. We can actually check him out and have a beer together and, you know, see him in person. That would think it would be kind of cool and whatever, whenever it's awesome, a show. It was a, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you guys tonight. Um, look forward to talking to you guys again, definitely. I got your number, Trev, so yeah, I'll bother you Keep in touch, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we love it, man. I, I'm in for the camaraderie. And you too, Steve, man. It was a, <laughs> Good to meet you and talk to you too. You too, brother. Thanks for joining us. Well, absolutely.
Everybody go check out Jansen. We'll keep you all updated throughout our social media platforms to let you know if it's official and whatever the case may be and whatever comes of it. And we'll share the articles as far as when they start to come out with, uh, you know, with from Doug or F Field and Stream or whatever so everyone can kind of check it out. But for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Journey.